Welcome to Growing Unicorns, where every week, Holly Chen, Eli Rubel, and me, Karina Edwards, come together with some fun guest hosts at a live interactive discussion where we unpack stories from the trenches while we're working with some of the fastest growing unicorns today. Uh, Palmer, really excited to have you on Growing Unicorns. Uh, this is uh, episode nine, uh, so it's uh, actually pretty uh, pretty exciting to uh, to have uh, already done this uh, nine times. Uh, have uh, amazing uh, 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 guests, uh, and our previous guest is actually also from G two. Uh, so I'm really excited to have uh, both sides of the uh, of the perspective. Um, Palmer, do you want to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your uh, background, and what you focus on? Sure, sure. So uh, currently, uh, I serve as the Vice President of Brand Marketing and Communications at G2. Uh, I'm a relatively uh, you know, new face at G2. I joined over the summer in July, um, but had been a G2 customer in my last two roles. So uh, pretty familiar with the, with the brand, with the product, and it's been a, it's been a smooth transition so far. Uh, before G2, I, I led marketing at a small um, call analytics uh, firm called CallRail based here in Atlanta. And then before that, I spent about eight years at MailChimp and and, uh, wore a variety of different hats from the brand side to the demand side, uh, all within sort of the the marketing sphere. And and, uh, that's, you know, so about the past 10 years in the SaaS world, before that, I was doing digital marketing in an entirely different space. Huh. Yeah, that uh, we left. Uh, we we connected when you were uh, at at Mailchimp, uh, and uh, that was a uh, feels like a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think everything feels a long time ago post COVID, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it definitely it probably was back in you know 2017, 2018. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was uh, you know it feels like a lifetime ago, as I'm sure it does for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some some days are so similar. I'm like, uh, is it 2021 or is it like 2020? When did it all happen? <laughs> I was talking literally a meeting uh, earlier today. It was, we were referencing something in 2019 or like that was like a lifetime ago. It was like, oh, it was, it was two years ago, like literally exactly. But uh, it just feels like a different era. Yeah, yeah, and then to, uh, today we we want to focus more on like how brand uh, and comms work uh, in the marketing sphere and like how how brand and, and demand works together. What what have you observed um, the the brand and comms change during and uh, and after COVID? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. I think we were already on a progression to where, at least speaking specifically in sort of like the B2B SaaS world, where I think people were starting to find more and more value in the brand side and sort of how it marries with the demand side. I think there's some some good advocates for that and, and people sort of recognizing that we can't just be focused at the the absolute bottom of the funnel and and just really be trying to capture there there's a there's a time and a place for that and and uh performance marketing uh you know is absolutely the flip side of the coin in my mind to what brand marketing is but um really i i think covid has just 
um, you know, made, I, th I think made folks think about brand in a different light. I mean, there's certainly, um, you know, we don't have as much going on in sort of like the trade show world where you might just go out and, and be trying to kind of like drum up brand awareness, even down to some of the more experiential or, or out of home or those sorts of things have sort of lost value in the post COVID world. So I think that, um, figuring out what, what brand marketing looks like in a digital sense and, and then even into more of like, uh, what we, we think a lot about at G2 is sort of the thought leadership side of like, what 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 can we actually unearth? What could help kind of move the needle forward? And, and it may not be something that's going to, um, you know, result in someone converting immediately or even getting into the sales funnel immediately. But how do we keep that conversation going? So um, I think, you know, like everything, COVID has made us kind of reevaluate what works and what doesn't. Um, but, but I do think that there's this like very healthy discussion and and uh, value being put on brand marketing just in the broader B2B SaaS space that, you know, when I, I when I started a MailChimp 10 years ago, I, I don't think that that was there. Like it was more of just like strictly we're doing demand gen performance and like we want to hand off leads to a sales team. And like, that's what marketing exists to do. And I think we're looking at it much more full funnel now and, and putting value and sort of how both sides of the marketing equation work together and then how that works on the sales side. So um, that's been a, been a very encouraging thing to see. And I think, uh, uh, frankly, you look at, so, you know, the, the, the bigger and the best sort of SaaS brands out there and it's sort of, or SaaS companies out there. And it feels like there's a common thing of companies like Slack, companies like uh, Zendesk, they're like, they've put a lot of value in the brand side as well as the, the sort of performance side. And I think that uh, that's starting to bear fruit. Mm -hmm. That's such a great point. Like, um, I guess so many questions from founders is like, okay, um, when should we consider building a brand? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and uh, the, the answer is always depends on your, you know, stage and like type of business, et cetera. How would you answer uh, this question if a founder? Yeah. And I, I think so. A lot of times people misunderstand that question. And, and they're like, someone's asking that in secret, they're being like, well, when do I have to put up millions of dollars in marketing budget to go do splashy billboards? And it's like, no, that like, that can come way down the line when you actually have millions of dollars to go go do that, millions of dollars in revenue to go do that. Um, and, and I think initially it could just be, hey, I want to start developing uh, my presence on social media and like building a brand for myself and for our company. Or it could just be starting small and like thinking about um, how could you even activate, uh, how, how could you create some, some merch, some swag, something that feels different, that feels unique? How can you go activate that at an event? How can you use that as a touch point with your customers? Um, and I, I think that is a, a just a really small way that any founder, no matter uh, no matter what category you're in, mm -hmm. what, what you sort of offer, what stage, there's small ways you can start building a brand. And I think it's very, very smart to do that as early as you can versus saying, okay, we're going to wait till we get to, you know, 10, 20 million in recurring revenue. And then we're going to think about what brand marketing is. It's like, no, it should be part of your marketing, uh, marketing funnel or marketing strategy from, from the get-go. Hmm. Actually, how do you define brand marketing? Yeah, that's, <laughs> That that's a great question, and I mean, it probably depend, depends on sort of what uh, what framework you're using from a marketing perspective. I, I kind of see it as as the true upper funnel of marketing. What are you doing to create awareness um, for your product for your service? And um, you know, I, I think it's important to to sort of also 
delineate or, or sort of define what like what metrics are you using uh, for that. It's going to look very different than it's not about handing off, uh, you know, leads. It's not about getting folks to con- kind of convert on site. In a lot of cases, it may be um, being being able to sort of define what sort of impressions or engagements that you're getting on social media. It could be just, you know, very truly defined as brand awareness of how many folks uh, uh, know who we are and what we do. But it, to me, it's that very top of the funnel and it's a, uh, it's it's where you want to start from a marketing perspective. It doesn't mean you you can't do the bottom parts as well, but you really need to define that as sort of a uh, a full stack, as uh, you know, some folks might define it. Mm, yeah, like would you would you say like um, think about a like a brand story, yeah. uh, defining even the style uh, yeah. is there's, part of brand. There's sort of a, a story, sort of a messaging house of like how do we want to talk about ourselves? Like in, in a lot of cases, we did this early on it. Um, you know, Mailchimp, a voice and tone sort of guide of like, how are we going to, how do we want to write about ourselves? How do we want to refer to ourselves? What does that look like? And and that doesn't have to be this, you know, giant exercise that's that, that's dozens and dozens of slides deep. It could be just a very, a very simple one pager that you can align an entire company from, from engineering to mar- to sales altogether to say like, this is, this is our story and this is how we talk about ourselves. And it, it can really start with something as, as easy as that. Um, now it takes some work and you want to get some buy-in from folks to make sure that you're aligned there. No one wants marketing to just like kind of, you know, be, be stuffing that down their throat, uh, but just kind of saying, Hey, like collectively, are we all aligned here? And this is how we kind of move forward from that, that starting point. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's how I've seen it. And, and again, I think the other thing is um, knowing that that's going to change and evolve over time yeah. as, as your company grows. So there's an exercise of, Maybe it's maybe it's every year we need to revisit that. What do we want to tweak? Where have we evolved? Where has our product evolved? Where, um, you know, has our story evolved? And, and make sure that you're capturing that. I really like the idea of a one pager brand story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes just like ha- putting things on paper and say this is our story. This is how like how we communicate and here's our style. And like um, just to say that once is not going to stick. You got to right. like refer this documents over and over again. Probably. I mean, even as someone who's created those in the past, I'm like, well, I need to go back and th- like, how did we say it? like what do we define that as? And that's a that's a big part of it. And and I think too, it's that's not to say you don't need to go do the you know the big exercise and, and put the deck together with with all the different pieces and parts but you know maybe a line on on just that simple one pager or so here are the core pieces that everyone you know needs to to refer back to or you want to have everyone aligned to and that's mm-hmm. that's been a, a typical starting point for that exercise in the past and I think another area too, now that, you know, you mentioned it jumping back, one of the things I think folks struggle with, with, with brand marketing is just KPIs and metrics and defining those, because it's not that you can't measure it. It just looks a lot different than other parts of marketing do. And I think people get very hung up on that of like, well, how many, you know, how many conversions did it lead to? How many, well, it's not like we're, we're defining that, that metric a little bit differently, what we want to do there. So I think that's also just sort of helpful in terms of just like the brand story and, and help helping define that really getting to a spot where you, you set expectations, certainly with leadership that it, it might look a little bit different in terms, in terms of how we measure, measure success. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think folks that, you know, Leadership that truly gets marketing is going to understand you need need both components of, of that uh, to, to make your, your marketing complete. 
Yeah. 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 Like that's probably one of the most asked questions, like how do we measure a brand? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like um, are there a favorite metrics you like to go to or uh, are they different at different stages, different type of companies or? I'd say it's, it's, it's um, different at different stages, but it's also different a lot, you know, around like what sort of resources do you have to, to measure it? Like, you know, for, for the larger companies, I can reference back to my time at MailChimp towards the end there, when we were a very large company, we could commission like a global brand study and go like actually measure brand awareness in different areas and all of that and report back and have that consolidate and inform our marketing. If you're a startup, you're not going to have, you don't need to have that. And those, you shouldn't be thinking there. That's a later stage sort of, sort of piece to get to, but um, you're going to have very good, you know, website metrics. You're going to have great social metrics. So there's these areas where you can start and just sort of like, really, it, it's not even that important to, to figure out like where the benchmarks are initially, it's sort of where are you trending? Are we like, are we seeing better engagement over social? Are we seeing more uh, visits to our blog? Is our time on site getting better as we invest more in content around that? Those are all sort of like brand metrics. I think you can triangulate around to sort of figure out what is that, um, you know, maybe create a, create a dashboard or sort of something that you can refer to pretty um, pretty regularly and, and, and just trend how, how things are going there. And I would just argue that you shouldn't be doing that in isolation of your other marketing KPIs, that it's like a, it's a holistic um, view that you want to look at there because I've seen it where you can, you can get your, um, you can get your funnel sort of out of balance of like, well, we're focusing to, you can focus too much on the upper funnel, just like you can focus too much on the lower funnel and, and how you're allocating dollars, how you're optimizing that spend. I think you need that holistic view versus just a, a channel specific or a funnel specific view. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. This is getting good. Um, I love to get into like, the nitty gritty sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and as you know, I love numbers and metrics. Uh, right, so right. I'm going to like <laughs> dig a little bit deeper into, into this. Um, so when you commission uh, a uh, brand study, what are, let's, like, what are the key metrics you actually you know, measure. Um, and so that's one. And two is in your brand dashboard, like what are the top level brand metrics and what are the secondary level metrics yeah. you track? That's a great question. You're going to keep me, uh, keep me honest here on a few of these. So let's <laughs> start with the, uh, um, uh, you know, brand study is pretty simple. I mean, it, it, it takes, uh, it takes a great sort of uh, you know research partner or some sort of group to go out and, and field this, but very simply, it just starts at like you know both brand awareness in terms of like when folks uh, you know have you heard of Mailchimp and then and sort of brand favorability would be would be part of that of like well what do you think is it is do you have a positive or negative opinion um, and then you can sort of do that alongside some of your competitive set and and sort of see how you're trending and frankly for us yeah we're trending in different geos and that sort of thing was it was it was important uh, for us to measure and then you know secondarily I think that there's a very easy way to tie the, what you're measuring from that brand side 
Um, and, and you can go deeper if it's, you know, there's, there's ad recall, there's like media specific ones that you can go in and say, have you, you know, go that area from the brand side, but you can also put a pretty nice through line to the product side. And, and for us, as we were at MailChimp, at least evolving to do more than just email marketing, that was something that we were always kind of measuring of like, okay, they know us and they know us for email marketing, but they don't know all this other stuff. And so that's where we need to focus on what our message is. And you can overlay that into any sort of category as your, as your products evolving use that to sort of understand. And it's just a great way to tie brand marketing and product marketing together um, because they're certainly, a lot of times can feel like two separate, uh, you know, operations or, or two separate functions, but ideally they're tied very closely together because you want to be pushing a brand story that ties very well with your product or product marketing story. Mm. Um, in some cases it should be one and the same. So that, that's how I would think about that. I mean, but I, I do think you can, um, even through some of the, uh, whether it's Google or, or, or some of the the ad networks, Facebook uh, that are out there, you can run very basic brand studies based off what, you know, even if you're not spending a whole lot of money there. So it's not like you've got to go engage Ipsos or something to do some major mm-hmm. uh, major study. But I, I would encourage most brand marketers who are, who are um, you know, spending, spending something significant from a, from a media spend to, to be looking at that. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I think it's just, it, it's very informational. It's also really helps when you do get those inevitable questions from, from leadership or a board around, well, why are we spending this amount of money on, like, what are we seeing from that? And you can actually back that up. You know, that's one way outside of, you know, multi, you know, multi-touch attribution, all those things that sort of can come later on, but, but very simply put, you have that there on the, uh, on the brand side. So that's that's sort of the brand study piece. Again, I, I think it's a, a helpful guide for anybody that's doing brand marketing or spending uh, money on brand media. The um, the other thing that I would say that's, I think, you know, really important from, from the brand dashboard side is, A, you know, I don't know that there's an exact recipe for what works for everyone. You know, if I'm, if I'm just kind of drawing it up uh, myself, based off what a B2B SaaS company would want to see. I think you've got to have, you know, your basic sort of web metrics in terms of uh, of uh, engagement, visits, time on site, that sort of thing would be guiding it. Um, and then you probably want to start looking at some, some external metrics, whether it be social, um, if you are spending, you know, money on media, like we talked about earlier, some of those, and just being able to tie all those together. So for me, it's less about the specific metrics. Um, and it's more about having kind of alignment and buy-in across the board that those are the right ones. Mm-hmm. And then sort of going from there and then actually using the dashboard and referencing it and making sure that you're using it as, as some sort of a guidepost along the way, because a lot of times what happens is, you know, analytics uh, analytics team or person goes out, spins up this dashboard. Everyone's like, that's great. And then no one looks at it again, or, or you know, two people reference it all the time. Nobody else knows what's going on with it. So if you're going to build these dashboards, you need to make sure that they um, that they really are. Um, everyone's aligned with the metrics and then bought in to say, yes, we're going to look at this weekly. We're going to look at it monthly, whatever, whatever the right cadence is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. This is so good. <laughs> it's very actionable. Like for the founders who's uh, listening to this and you can literally follow uh, the recording of this and establish your, your dashboard. Uh, I, I love this. 
Um, it, it, it reminds me of the the the, the brand campaign I just uh, I just helped build, um, and uh, we bit, yeah like a, a very similar. We we did both uh, of a brand study with a, a firm um, who's like specialized in brand measurement. Yeah. Uh, they measure uh, you know uh, like aided on aided awareness, uh, brand familiarity, uh, brand affinity, uh, and of course we have like a set of um, competitors uh, that we measure against. Um, so that's that's the the, the survey side of things. Um, uh, they also did a media uh, measurement, uh, which uh, based on the cookies of people who were exposed to the ad, who's not uh, exposed to the ad, uh, to be able to measure the lift of yes. um, the ads, uh, which I found like that's like really, really great uh, to be able to see on the multi-channel uh, perspective is not only okay like Facebook is telling us the the, the brand lift is 20 percent uh, yeah. it's like you can tell if you use Facebook and Google together what is the lift versus you only have Facebook what's the lift and then you know versus if you have out of home or other channels and what's the lift uh, so uh, I really like that like more yeah. down to that level and two, I think, I mean, you know, the, I, I think we, you know, both sort of agree that that's sort of like um, agency led or, or big firm sort of brand study. It's like, that's going to come later stage and you have resources. But what I would say, what you just mentioned, the brand lift side, I mean, Google, YouTube, Facebook, I, I think you can get those for, for not a whole lot of media investment. I don't know, I may be overstepping there, but I feel like it was, it wasn't like you had to go be spending millions of dollars to like get that sort of research. You can do it pretty uh, you know, you can spin those up pretty quickly and pretty easily and pretty directly. And uh, it's really valuable data that you can get to sort of read out um, in terms of, of, of exactly what you said. What's the um, what sort of brand lift do you see and, and, and tying that into, to, you know, what, what sort of channels work together best, what channels work together, uh, work, work best on their own and, and that sort of thing. So I think that's always um, those are the sorts of questions every marketer is kind of trying to solve is, is like, like what, well, what, what am I actually seeing? And, and sometimes we're, we can, and I've fallen in this trap of just getting too channel specific of like, well, I'm just like, here's our paid search. And I'm just going to like heads down and paid search and look and see what's happening there versus not understanding, well, how is that YouTube campaign that we're running actually affecting that? Or how is that, that Facebook campaign and what, 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 what might we be seeing because uh, of the interaction between the two? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, okay, so I, I like to play devil's advocate as well. So here's a here's a challenger question for you. I heard uh, folks questioning um, the brand lift study of um, Google, like you know YouTube or Facebook. Say, oh, like Facebook. It's of course going to say Facebook has X amount of lift, right? Like, oh, of course YouTube is going to say like it's working really well. What's your opinion around this argument? Well, I mean, I, I think it, some level of like skepticism is is healthy, and and without naming names, some some places may need to like may may not be doing the themselves the best service in terms of like what the, the, what they put out publicly around that. But I think if you if you approach it from you know all things being equal, I mean, I've certainly been there. I get targeted by those sorts of ads. I, I use <laughs> ways a lot here in Atlanta. And I get targeted like, did you just see an ad about someone like that? And it's I generally as a marketer try to answer those as truthfully as I can, but. Uh, 
I, I I think that the same thing could be said across all these other platforms of like I you know whatever I don't sure they they would have every reason to sort of uh, skew that but I, I I don't think I think honestly getting the um, sort of real life results that you're going to see from that is healthy for everyone. It helps, it helps folks know what channel is going to work best. Not every campaign. And I've, I've, I can say this too, like not every campaign has that brand lift that you're looking for. Sometimes you run it and it looks pretty flat. Um, and so that's a, uh, if we were always getting an A plus on those, I would, I would have reason to, uh, to question it, but I've certainly been part of those where it's like, well, we thought this one was going to do really well. And uh, the results look pretty negligible. You know, I mean, I, I don't think I've seen one go backwards, but I've seen one where it's like, well, we didn't really move the needle there one way or the other. And so I, I think using those studies is is a real sort of um, guide as you're assessing, you know, results and sort of trying to measure impact is a, is a good way to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I, I, I think aligning uh, as close to truth as possible is uh, aligns with both uh, parties' interests, because yeah. <laughs> you you do want to know like which you know creative has the better performance versus another, um, and yeah, and and of course like if we can measure uh, brand search lift or uh, or, or like a conversion lift, and that's a secondary uh, that you can also uh, help validate. Yeah, and I, I think too, you know, as I'm reflecting back on all the different like vendors that I've worked with over the years. If you're working with like an account management team or a, a vendor of some sort that's always giving you good news, it's like everything is working perfectly. There's a reason to be skeptical there of like, you know, like you want, frankly, the best partners I've had have been able to challenge and say, well, you tried this and it didn't really work that well. So, you know, maybe think about, uh, you know, plan B or reverting back to that. So um, I, I think that's all sort of, you know, a healthy way to sort of assess what, what your marketing program looks like. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the uh, tools or um, or agencies or systems that you you used or heard heard good things about? Um, is it you know like SurveyMonkey or like Qualtrics, uh, Ipsos, or you know Cantor? Uh, like you know how how do you think about all these measurement tools and, and agencies? Yeah, I mean some of the bigger the, the firms, the market research firms are great, but you you want to be to a certain level before you engage them because it's not it's not cheap. Um, I, I do think things like um, you know, survey monkey, or even just like very basic kind of running using a Google form to get some feedback on, on, on what you're, what you're seeing there. I mean, anyone can go do that. So it sort of runs the gamut of where you are in your life cycle. You want to be nimble. You want to be, um, relatively cost-efficient if you're on the sort of the early, early stage side and figure out what works there. Um, and then you can kind of grow into those, uh, those, those bigger solutions or external kind of third-party solutions that are, that are out there. Um, but I, I, I think that frankly, it, you know, as we've gone through like the past decade, there's so many more tools out there to to, to use. And and frankly, too, I think that there's a lot of folks, um, even in in the broader whether it's agency or vendor landscape, who are who are more attuned to to both sides of, of the equation. I, I, I've enjoyed seeing the silos kind of get broken down between well, we're just a performance side or we're just a, we're just a, a brand side. It's like well, if you're doing it well, it's you're going to have components of both of those in in, in what yeah. you're doing. And so I, I think that you know 
frankly, like on the, even like, you know, the folks that I worked with at Google over the years on, on, on media, it's like, well, they, they got better in terms of understanding. Yeah. Paid search is a big performance channel, but there's other channels here and we've got to, we've got to figure out how to work with uh, how those interact and what the, what, what sort of the expertise is there. And then, you know, even down that too, to, to working with some of the, some bigger, like, um, you know, creative agencies, you want folks who don't just do that um, big splashy brand stuff. There's a time and a place for that, but that's generally for those big, you know, big campaigns are going to run during the Super Bowl. Most folks are going to need some sort of dual purpose thing. We want to figure out how we can do interesting display and video as well as sort of, uh, you, know, you know, very actionable performance marketing stuff too. And, and you need to find a partner who's going to be able to engage that, whether that's an agency or even your, your you know, your internal designers. I think that's a great um a great conversation to have with with your counterparts on the if, if you're you know do have a design or who, who you might be doing things in house just making sure that you're on the same page of how we're approaching this from sort of a uh, you know a full funnel um, view and and making sure that that um, that thread that sort of continuity is going to be across all of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of my favorite topics, creatives. Um, <laughs> so you you mentioned uh, like you know uh, something that may work for both, and I'm genuinely super interested. I've seen more of a brand focused creative that's more mm-hmm. storytelling. Uh, typically, it's um, is real actors. Uh, there's some sort of like story arc and and stuff. And then I've seen performance uh, creatives that's more like a product features uh, benefits and there's a call to action of sign up now uh, and I I think that could you, like that could be uh, a limited view um, that's what I see a lot of people do what is your opinion around creatives that works for uh, brand building uh, versus works for performance uh, marketing? Um, same creative can work on both or vice yeah. versa. What do you think? You know, it's it's funny. I, I I remember I was talking to somebody about this recently of like, as marketers, we always like to go, well, this is what the first touch looks like. And this is the second touch. And here's the third. Just like, in reality, it never works that way. Like no one engages with you in the way that you you, you think. I mean, there's, it's, it's a good framework and it's a good way to think about like, how do you want to introduce yourself? How do you want to then get someone to engage and then, and then convert? But in the real world, it's a lot messier than that. And so that's why I think that trying to build that level of continuity is is all the more important because you know someone may actually engage with your very uh, low in the funnel sort of social ad with an offer and a, and a strong call to action before they see your you know thirty second digital video spot that you that you pulled mm-hmm. together. So what what I think is important first is to make sure that you know no matter who sees what when that they can they can be able to identify your brand that they know it's you like through and through and and that you're and that can come to life either like very visually or it can just be in sort of going back to that brand story that like you're talking about yourself the same way consistently no matter if it is a minute long youtube pre-roll or if it is just a very like a 300 by 250 display ad like it, it should somehow feel the same and and that's it's not easy to do, but I think like that's the the goal there is to to make sure that no matter where you are in the funnel, um, or wh- whoever you're targeting, that it that it feels like it's part of the same the same brand, the same company, the same story, um, and and that's just the the starting point. Now, I would say that um, one of the tough things that that we as as 
you know, B2B SaaS marketers have is like, we don't have that product to then go like feature in, in the creative that we make it. That's always been the struggle of like, well, we want to talk about this feature. How do we bring it to life in a way that's actually compelling? That's not just another animated, cheaply animated, like person that's sitting there. Uh, how do we, how do we bring it to life? And I think that's hard. And uh, I, I don't know that, that I think that's just a common struggle that we all, that, that we're all going to face and have to figure out our a way through. But I think that you can, um, through you know a compelling brand story as well as as really strong sort of um, offers you know features and and, and frankly um, CTAs there that that you can help overcome a little bit of that. But in in my experience, that was always where the struggle was. It's like okay, we can we can nail the brand part and we can we understand the the very low in the funnel like what's going to work from a conversion uh, perspective. But like how do we how do we put that product piece kind of in the middle there that's yeah. going to connect the two. And it was just very hard to bring that, that to life in a lot of ways. Cause it's like, no one wants to just see another, like I said, animated figure or another screenshot of the application. Like it's this, there's gotta be other ways that, that we can engage. And uh, I think that that's, uh, you know, an area for B2B SaaS in general to sort of focus on getting better at. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I think creative is, is always like, it makes such a big difference. Uh, I'd say, you know, when, when we look at certain channels is like creative is 80% of the, the reason uh, whether uh, a certain channel is successful for or or not um, at the same time uh, you can spend you know like hundreds of thousands of dollars to develop a big video yeah, totally. uh, campaign uh, and not knowing <laughs> until you actually launch uh, whether they work or not and and I mean that's that's the risk with with any campaign but I do think that there's ways that you can it's one thing if you're doing a big giant you know, rebrand or, or something big splashy like that. And you've got to just kind of, that's a leap of faith and you got to go do it. I mean, you can do some testing and focus grouping and all of that beforehand in terms of the campaign you can go out that. I think in a lot of other ways though, the beauty of like what the, like the digital marketing sort of tool and tooling and kind of landscape looks like these days is you can be pretty iterative. Um, you can try things that, that figure out what works and what doesn't. So it's not just like, yeah, boss, you need to sign off on this huge budget because there's no other, we can't, you know, we'll only, we'll know when it's over if it worked or not. Like, no, there's ways that we can sort of build into that. And I think frankly, um, you know, building some good structural kind of creative guidelines and ways going back to the, 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 almost the brand story piece and sort of how it come all comes to life. Um, that's a big component of that. So you sort of create this big sandbox in which you can try out all of these different creative approaches that still feel like the same brand and really hone in on what works, what doesn't, what messaging resonates, um, which, you know, which ones don't. And, and then also that's a way as we know, we're always, kind of launching new features, new integrations, things like that is an easy way to ease those in to your to your uh, to your media mix or frankly to your marketing campaign mix and see what um, what works, what doesn't. Um, but it's it, it really requires you to be nimble and quick and 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 it goes back to that. You've got to have reporting to understand what's working, what's not, and and uh, uh, but but again, like the A/B testing that's out there now, and 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 the uh, the opportunities that you have to do that. It's like it's never been a better time to kind of adopt that mindset and approach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really like that. So a more digger deeper question again is: yeah. Do you like practically? 
do you just, you know, put it on YouTube and let it run for two weeks and see yeah. which one uh, have a bigger brand lift? Or do you uh, send out a survey to 3000 people and have them like select which one they like? Yeah. Or do you, how do you actually do that? Well, it, it's going to depend, like for me, it kind of sort of depends on, on, um, a couple things, the, the channel, as well as like where it is, where you want it to fall in, in mm-hmm. sort of the funnel. I think the, the things that are lower in the funnel, it's okay. Well, you just test it out. Like, see if you're, if you're aligning that to the, to the right KPI, it should prove itself out pretty quickly. If it's conversions, if it's even kind of mid funnel sort of, you know, uh, clicks to site, things like that, you know, that's, that's a pretty easy one to sort of measure and see where you can have true winners. You know, sometimes that's sort of the softer end of like, well, we, we ran two cuts of this video. We don't really know which one's better. That may be one where it's like, well, let's, you know, send out, let, let's try and get some, some feedback or, or, or AB that with like a survey of some sort. Um, but I, again, I don't think that there's an absolute, uh, you know, a hard and fast right or wrong way to do that. A lot of it is just make sure you're doing some sort of, uh, of, of testing and sort of evaluation for, for how those, um, those pieces run. So, and I, I think that, uh, the one that you mentioned of a lot of times too, based off budget, as well as, um, what, you know, sort of channel or vendor you're using, you'll get a good recommendation of, Hey, you need to run this for five days. You need to run it for 10 days. You, you need to run it for two weeks before we can kind of get, um, good statistically significant results back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found like measuring performance, uh, creative is, much easier because <laughs> yeah. I can just like see the conversion pretty soon uh, right. versus brand creative is really uh, like sometimes requires a more sample size to, to really understand the impact. Well, and two, I think to like, I, this may go against some of what our, what, what, you know, what I'm saying, but I, I always, you can't put the same sort of um, rigor or sort of hard science around uh, the 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 two true top of funnel brand stuff as you can at the bottom of the funnel stuff. Like there should still be like a gut feeling of like sitting in the room with your with whoever your marketing leadership or company leadership are and saying this just feels better. Like this is this feels like who we are and what we want to put forward. Like I, I think that there's still a place for that. Now, obviously, you want to test it out and make sure that it's it's part of that. But I don't want everyone to think that ever, like ever, it shouldn't be a giant. This, be decision tree all the way down. Like at some point you just say like, this is us. This is the, this is like the foot forward. This, this really aligns with our, um, with our story, with our values, like with, with who we want to be. And you go with that. Um, there's, there's, there's definitely room for that. And, and I mean, I can say that from experience, we had early days of MailChimp. We made a lot of those kind of gut decisions. Like this just feels like who we are. And, um, you know, you want to have that paired with the right other pieces, but that is, that's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. There, that's the the art side right. of marketing. That, art like, science. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like one um, uh, one uh, potential risk is like now we we talk about numbers so much and yeah. like yeah. you know for for the less measurable side of marketing it's you know like people are getting more and more like uncomfortable about not being able to measure but there is the art side of of marketing that. It's <laughs> yeah, may, like may I, not ever be able to to measure. 
Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, there's, uh, I'm, I'm going back of the, there's still, I, I rewatched Mad Men recently. And so I'm like <laughs> doing the, the, the Don Draper of just like, at some point, you know, there's just the, like, there's the, there's the creative that's just saying like, this is the way, this is the best pitch. Like, this is what it should be. And it's not necessarily something you can measure. It's just, you're in the room and you say, this feels right. Or, uh, or you're on the Zoom call and you say, this feels right. Uh, more, more apt these days. But um, yeah, I, I think there's a, a big part of that of like measure, measure what you can, but also, um, you know, be- believe in what feels right too. I don't think that that's a the wrong way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's the intuition piece that, yeah. that was built over, you know, many years of seeing good creatives, bad creatives. It's like, it's uh, in an experienced uh, marketer's uh, blood uh, or, or repertoire. That's like sometimes really hard to distill into like one, two, three, five rule, rules. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think too, what's, what's been interesting. I mean, this is branching out a little bit more from what we're talking about, but just like, you know, I remember a while, especially in sort of the B2B software space where it was like, you went to everybody's website and it always had some color of blue behind it. It was like (laughs) everything, everything was all kind of the same. And you're like, I get it, but there's a little bit of group think happening here. And like, we should be able to distinguish ourselves. And I think you're seeing that now you're like, even some newer companies just have like bright, splashy colors and, and just like different ways of, of branding and looking at themselves. I mean, visually, I think that's, that's great. And I, I think part of it is like, a lot of that's coming from the traditional enterprise roots of B2B, where it's like you wanted to be buttoned down and part of that. And I think that, frankly, over the past five, 10 years, we've been able to bring a little bit more of life and some fun. And just like, like it does just because it's B2B doesn't have to mean it's boring, you know, and it's like, let's let's actually, um, uh, you know, bring it to life in a way that feels fun. And I think that's a good trend that you'll see more of because ultimately, and, uh, you know, ultimately, like we're selling to people and, and a lot of that decision is is the same decision that you make as a consumer outside of your B2B, your B2B life. And I think we lose sight of that sometimes of like, oh, just just make it look interesting, make it compelling. And that's going to be a big part of it versus trying to figure out that we've got to go through this big B2B lens that's got to make everything seem stuffier or more buttoned down or different. It just, you know, you know. Uh, presented in the way that you would if you were uh, selling to to a consumer, and uh, I think that that's something that we have to remind ourselves every every so often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I it's such a such an important point, uh, and and that you know the trend to like consumerization of SaaS and even yeah. like a product like growth, uh, the importance of the end user of like everyone who touches the software becomes more and more important. Uh, right. I mean, that's certainly what I mean. I think uh, you you teed up some of the findings from our our. We just did a big like software buyer behavior report that we put out a few weeks ago, and that was like exactly. Exactly the headline. It's like consumerization. We've known that. We had a lot of good data that then backs that up of like even in the very big kind of enterprise software space, like you're seeing the time to buy is getting faster and faster and, and more folks want to actually try the thing before they even kind of engaging a sales team. And so I, I think a lot of that um, that, that consumer mindset then, then bleeds through. But I, I do think that there's like a little bit of a of a uh, of the change in sort of mindset that has to happen because for so long with B2B software, especially on the enterprise side, it was like, we're just going to make this sound really complicated because that'll get you to talk to sales. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're like I have no idea what that means. So I've got to go talk to the salesperson to find out what it is. And it's like, 
I don't know that that's the way. Like people want to know what what it actually like speaks to the features, speak to the person, speak to how it's going to improve their job, their life. Not just use a bunch of buzzwords and we're, buzzwords. And we're not we're not there yet, but I feel like we're on the track to where it's like, okay, cool. We're all going to start talking about this in a way where we can understand what this actually what this product does, what it delivers, and and I think that's frankly like a good uh, a, a good change. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's so true. It's like, uh, especially this the proliferation of SaaS uh, tools, right? There's so many uh, other options if the if the person doesn't understand. Uh, maybe before you're the only vendor and people have to talk to you, but now like they would just go to a competitor's website and that actually talks to them <laughs> and, and sign up on the other. Website. Yeah. And so like, that's, I mean, we've, you know, speaking just from the data that I know is right in front of me of like, we've got like, a, I think it's a hundred thousand different products listed on G, like software products on G2 right now. It's like, how are, how are you going to stand out when you're competing against that many folks? If you're making it purposely hard to understand or, or, you know, or even hard to differentiate yourself. And so it's sort of like, okay, let's, let's make this easy, easy to understand, speak directly, speak clearly, and then make it interesting or compelling, like do something that actually is going to catch someone's eye or turn their head in a way and say that, you know, metaphorically, but just, you know, make them stop in their timeline or whatever their, their, their feed that they're scrolling through to to actually look at that. And um, I I think that's an area where to get back to what we, you know, started the conversation with, like, that's how, that's how brand marketing can really help, uh, you know, kind of tie into, to the more mid and lower funnel sort of tactics that you're running. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm open up uh, the uh, the floor if uh, any uh, of the audience have questions, feel free to jump in and ask. Um, in the meantime, I have another question. Uh, so Palmer, you you took this big role of you know like you're running brand for G2, which is like growing so fast and such yeah. a great brand. Um, what's your first ninety day? looks like. Yeah, I had, I mean, so I, um, one of my colleagues at MailChimp, Amanda Malco is, is the CMO of G2. And so she, uh, she, uh, you know, reached out to me about the role and, and left me a very great sort of first 90 days, sort of here's what, what we want to kind of get involved with. And, and frankly, for us, um, we're growing and hiring is a big part of that. So building up and scaling the teams is, is like, I think what, uh, you know, a priority for a lot of folks in the software world, certainly for mine. And it's a, it's a crazy, job landscape, you know, hiring landscape right now. Um, and, and, you know, every company is different. The way that we have um, G2 marketing structured is we have a product marketing team. We have a revenue marketing team, Robin Leads, you talked to last week, and then I lead brand marketing and comms. And within that, we have traditional brand marketing. We have events, which we are, you know, knock on wood, going to next year start being able to like actually go in person to some things and get get outside of just the hop-ins and the Zooms of the world. Uh, so building that out. And then we have a, a comms function. So for us, um, that's, that's PR, that's thought leadership, that's really helping us um, sort of establish Established you to is, is sort of the um, where you go for software, whether you're buying or, or selling software. And so a lot of it, that first 90 days is figuring out like, what's the foundation that we need to have to go out and succeed at those? Like, there's several things. It's like, I would love to go jump into that, uh, that buyer side of how do we get more folks to, to G2 to start um, engaging with us from that buyer perspective and leaving reviews and that sort of thing. But that's going to come next year. And so it's like, well, it's, well, it's knowing that let's build the team. Let's build the 
support what we can from the seller function and then kind of maybe help um, grow some areas that we haven't invested in as much recently. So a lot of that is on the comms PR and thought leadership side and, and, and really aligning teams cross-functionally to go, go do that. So um, it's been, a, it's, it's been, uh, you know, I, I think I'm right at my 90 day mark now. So I can say that I, we've, we've, we've done most of that, but uh, uh, it's, you know, with G2 is in a unique spot of, um, being a fairly recognizable brand within the um, uh, within the the B two B software landscape, and and frankly, it's had great um, great marketers build that over over time. So it's sort of like where do we go? Um, go to our CEO and co-founder likes to use the peak terminology. Like, where's our next peak? Like, where are we? Where are we going uh, from here? And so that's been a fun thing to sort of plot out with Rob and Amanda, some of the new folks that that are there. Um, and and really, it just comes down to that. Um, like I've said a couple of times here, I feel like uh, just building that great alignment across the team as well as with leadership of like what you're going to focus on now and what's going to come later and um and frankly aligning the the metrics that go with all of those um so so far so good well i'll come back in a year and tell you what we uh well (laughs) where where we got to that's amazing uh with that uh palmer this has been such a illuminating conversation uh i i i love what you talk about like um about uh, what brand is uh, all the way mm-hmm. to measurements and to like actually what do you ask in surveys and we all went all spectrum and and i love that we are we're both high level and and, and, and tactical and uh and, and very very practical um uh, takeaways for for founders and for for marketers. Um, thank you so much for the pressure time that precious time that, that you have uh, for the audience. And yeah. we'd we'll love to have you back. All right. Thanks, Holly. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.